Well, howdy there from Texas. This is Jesse with The Coffee Podcast with my other host, Wes Peterson. What are we talking about today? Today we are going to... I feel like we're, I feel like I'm a news anchor right now. We're going to be talking about coffee news. Yeah, it's almost like we should have a different intro. That's like a yeah, something something a little more dramatic. Something more like staccato. <laughs> anyway, coffee news. Why? Well, I like to think of it like current events. You know, it's good to stay um, up to date with the newest trends. Um, in the barista world, but also uh, in origin, you know, what's going on with the market, uh, what's going on with harvest, um, what's going on with labor strikes, what about sustainability, you know, all this yeah. stuff. Um, <clears throat> it really, it, it, it's a it's the entire realm of, of coffee. And so from your perspective, I mean, you know, you're on the trading side. Why is it important to know? I mean, there's some obvious reasons, but mm. let's just bring them out on the table. Why is it important to know what's going on in the coffee world for somebody in your position? Well, um, a lot of stuff, a lot of factors um, will influence uh, the market, the exchange. Um, and that has a lot to do with... Uh, with the weather, for one, um, how crops are yielding. Uh, also, we've been finding a lot of stuff, um, for instance, uh, with labor strikes, like in Vietnam right now, we've got farmers sitting on 183,000 tons of coffee because the market's too low. So that's, that's a labor strike, and that directly plays into the exchange Sure. and what coffee's traded at. So there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of moving parts right. that go into... Uh, coffee trading for sure. Yeah, and and I think too, like I'm on the, I guess you could call it the service industry side of coffee a lot, and knowing what's going on in coffee does a few things for you. I mean, I'm going to be practical here, but one, it gives you a conversation starter about coffee. Like if somebody walks in, like that's a conversation you can have with people, and it kind of ex- it it expands upon the fact that you're not just serving a cup of coffee, but that there's much more to coffee. Right. And that's expanding or it's uh, spreading out more coffee knowledge in your community, mm-hmm. which is what we're trying to do here. So talking about what is going on in coffee is important if you're going to be in the coffee industry, totally. period. Right. So what do we have in the news right now that we're going to talk about today, Wes? Well, current events put us at the Stumptown Intelligentsia sellout. Whoa. Now- Did you just call it a sellout? Did that come out of my mouth? It did. The uh, let let let's hear let's hear. Tell me what what happened or what is happening. So I guess it's it started with Stumptown. Um, Pete Coffee uh, purchased a major stake in Stumptown's operations. Now um, and that's kind of old news. Uh, but then when Intelligentsia um, sold a major stake to to Pete, that's what's kind of. It, to me, it really uh, brought my attention to this this topic. Like, whoa, something's going on in the coffee world. Right. That I mean, uh, hands are changing. You know, like the right. Totally. I mean. Well, what what's curious to me is, you know, <clears throat> I I've seen it happen far too often, and I'm not saying that this is what is happening, but just knowing the details, the the fact of the matter is, you have these specialty coffee uh, companies. 
basically, which almost sounds weird to even say a specialty coffee company. Well, I mean, they're like an entity. Yeah, they're like an entity or a business, I suppose. And so they are selling, or in a sense, they're kind of giving these steaks, you know, at a high price, I'm sure, to somebody like Pete's Coffee, who honestly, in at least in Texas, you don't see Pete's Coffee anywhere. Like, not in Austin. Well, I mean, you do. Well, I mean, you you, you do you don't see, like, Pete's shops or anything right. like that. Yeah, you're right. I don't um, know of any Pete's shops. But the point is that, you know, what ra- it raises the question in my mind, when is Starbucks going to start doing this? Buying out these specialty coffee entities. And what is that going to do? Is that good? You know, is it bad? What does it mean? Well, what they're what they claim to have done is um, they've kind of opened up uh, Pete's resources and scale um, to these companies. So apparently, now this is just, this is all we know so far. But Stumptown and Intelligentsia are still going to be running uh, independently. They're still going to be operating with the with the same co-owners. Sure. They're still they're still going to be they're going to be doing them right. Um, but apparently, this this deal, so to speak. It kind of just opens up um, the resources and the scale that Pete's has because, you know, how I think about it with trade, I mean, one of the big things about getting coffee into a roastery is, uh, you know, freights importing, you know, and that's, you know, for a smaller company, you're not paying uh, shipping containers, you're not paying customs to get your your coffee stripped into warehouse. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into getting your coffee from origin. Right. There's to, defi- there's definitely benefits here for for the for the specialty coffee world. I right. mean, I think for the consumer, I mean, we might be able to get the same quality coffee right. at maybe just maybe this is all speculation, but maybe at a lower price um, because as they start filling containers and they start bringing all the specialty coffee, prices will go down. Right. Now, here's where it gets interesting because, I mean, if you understand markets in general, when prices go down, you know, it forces other companies to lower their prices, right? To try and be So when you have a powerhouse, like financially, Pete's Coffee's, I'm imagining, as a financial powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Intelligentsia is not a small company, right? No. They're also a financial powerhouse in the coffee world. And you have them combining. What concerns me is what is this going to do to micro roasters, or like, or what is this going to do to small, little companies that are roasting, even in that area? Like, if the coffee prices go down, right? And what is this going to do to the overall feel of what is happening in coffee? Yeah, and and what I'm concerned about a little bit is. Um, how? What are they going to be doing for sustainability? What are they going to be doing for transparency? I mean, I know Stumptown has been doing um, a pretty good job from the consumer point at being very transparent with where they source it. Um, sure. You know, their certifications and all that. And I'm pretty sure Intelligentsia is on that same thing What as kind well. of certifications uh, do you know like, offhand? Let's just... Okay. Fair trade. Um, okay. Which is... We're going we're gonna to open that discussion at a different time. Yeah. That can be its, its own thing. Uh, but certified organic, you know, certified rainforest and, um, you know, sourcing and stuff from uh, producers and, and from origins that have these certificates and whatnot. But what's going to change and and how I see Intelligentsia and Stumptown changing with, with Pete's being kind of the 
the uh, umbrella, so to speak, is they might actually be able to swim in their own lanes a little easier. Sure. Um, well, well, hold on. Explain explain what you mean by that. Well, with uh, with having all that scalability and having all the resources at hand, um, marketing for one will will be very crucial on their end, and I think they're going to start ramping up uh, market as well. But also, too, I think they can also help um, get their coffee on, uh, you know, local grocery stores. Right, on the shelves right. with no expiration dates. But just on the shelves for, you know, normal people who right. aren't really exposed to Stumptown or are not exposed in children's, yeah, they'll be able to buy a bag of good coffee. Right. Without having to purchase it online, you know, at $16 a pound, they might be able to get really good coffee at $10 and and kind of be an introduction into the coffee world. Now, there are still going to be those micro roasters. There's still going to be those nano roasters, those roast now, deliver same day kind of guys. And and I don't think that's, I think that's only going to increase in volume. I think their success is only going to be getting bigger. but with Intelligentsia and with Stumptown, I think they're in a position to kind of really drive the specialty coffee world into more of the public eye. Okay. And so we have sort of this interesting positive, which I think that is a totally a positive. Get good coffee into the hands of people that don't know good coffee. I mean, that's, I mean, that's honestly, that's our motive as well. Like, we right. want to get right. good coffee into our listeners' kitchens, so to speak. And so, I mean, I completely applaud them on that, but I also have this interior, like, inside hipster part of me (laughs) that is like, corporations are bad, you know? Like, what are they going to do to my sweet coffee culture that I love? Mm. And is it going to hurt my favorite roasters? You know what I mean? Let's be honest, and we have to point this out, I would be surprised if they're going to put their coffee on the shelves right after roast, you know, and take them off two weeks later. Like, and that's a thing in the coffee world. And that maybe should be a topic. But what do you think about coffee dying on the shelves, especially roasted coffee? Yeah. um, And, you know, I don't and this is totally speculation because there's been actually no action. Sure. With this. You know, Jesse, I don't know if they're going to be pulling two weeks off. I highly doubt it. Right. Because right? they're not doing it now with their right? own coffee. I see. But what I'm saying and, and what I think is kind of a good positive and something that we can kind of look at and, and have kind of hope in is that people are going to be going from buying your French roast, French vanilla, Maxwell House to seeing uh, Colombian Popeyon right. sitting right next next to it with a region and with an elevation and with tasting notes without a roast profile descriptor on it and they'll be like what is this this looks kind of special and they'll try it and i tell you what i bet you a stumptown coffee 30 days off roast will taste better than any of those other commodity roasters right two days off roast sure just because of the quality the quality difference and honestly this is going to be really good i was just thinking it's going to be amazing because i'm sure stumptown and intelligentsia are going to stick to whole bean of course. And so they're going to sell I whole think, bean. I don't think they're going to lower their quality by right. any means. If and anything, think, they're going to be picking it up. Right. Oh, that's true because they'll be able to maintain that quality easier with financial. Right. Okay, so that's really good. But what's also good is, I mean, what is that going to do for companies that create grinders for coffee? I think that's going to be a really good thing because people are going to have 
whole bean coffee that's really tasty and they're going to say, well, I'm kind of tired of grinding this at the grocery store, you know, where yeah. there's there's somehow going to be a way of them knowing, or maybe we should just sell grinders right next to it, you know? Well, but, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be pushing uh, the, the public eye onto specialty coffee, yeah. which I think we should all be a little excited about. We should definitely be excited about it. I think, I mean, and honestly, even talking about it now, I've kind of changed my mind in a few ways but mm-hmm. it's it's very interesting how this could be a very good thing right but we also have to consider and prepare ourselves for what it could actually mean in a negative like let's try to unravel what could be negative about this i mean you know major corporation buying out intelligentsia or not buying out but you know in this position with intelligentsia and Stumptown, what's which is also kind of weird because intelligentsia and Stumptown are different coffee companies well the one the one thing i could see as as kind of being a negative is how they um how they treat the farms and how and how how they pay wages sure um because you know you can only do so much on the production end of the roasting the bagging the selling the the education on how to brew coffee but if you're not looking at origin and you're not looking at uh wage labor and you're not looking at um, you know, child labor, if you're not looking at all yeah. these things happening in the producing countries, you know, um, then then what, what's it really what's it really doing at all? Right. So I guess the negative could be they get so big that they start um, they, st- they stop caring so much about these farmers and about these these uh, wage you know labor pickers. But, you know, I I have hope. I, I I'm looking at it with a positive way and in, in thinking that you know with Stumptown and with Intelligentsia working together with Pete, when they start sourcing, they're going to be looking at this. Right. I mean, these guys go to SCAA, <laughs> they go to NCA, they've been to the summit. So they, th- I mean, you go on Daily Coffee News and Sprudge, and you've just got you know um, just sustainability re- reports in front of your face. And I I don't right. I don't think that they would be able to sleep at night without you know somehow improving the lives of 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 the coffee they're getting right certainly improving like we know you and i just from personal conversations that the economies of some of these places that we're getting coffee from are really struggling yeah and so coffee is like a major staple in these places and so it's not something you're not when you change the price of how much you're paying for a green bean you're not just changing a price you're changing somebody's life by you know what i mean in a sense right because you're changing the way they're getting paid in a certain way. So these are very, very sensitive topics. These are not like, hey, let's just change. You're like, it might be cheaper. You know, but it, it's, it's definitely good to bring them up because I think a lot of uh, a lot of the time we don't think about them. Or maybe we don't, it's not that we don't think about them, but we don't know too much about them. So we don't really like to think about it. Right. I mean, they're not easy to think about. Well, and, and, for, and it gets complicated too because yeah. wages here... Like the average wage here is not the average wage, you know, say somewhere else. And yeah. so you get into really complicated territory where some people will just say, well, they should be paid what we would be paid. And it's like, well, their economy is not the same. And it's well, and that, what if they're not even getting paid? I mean, that's what, oh. that what goes into slave labor. I mean, yeah, when, that when like, uh, you know, these militias and stuff kind of kidnap these children and they force them to pick cherries. Like, what are you going to do about that? Right. And these what are, can you do about right. that? These are real things that are happening. And I... Without getting way too deep into that, we need to just remember that with this change, you know, it will affect origins. We hopefully in a positive way. Hopefully in a positive way. Yeah, and right. 
And that's where I could see it going for sure. I don't think we're going to try and backslide. Yeah. At all. I think if with these with this corporation with this kind of group head so to speak, um they can do something really good in the coffee lands. Definitely. And I think too with the internet the way it is today. I mean, I'm just being a realist here. With mm. the internet the way it is today, like you can't really get away with things, you know, as companies anymore like news is on on the internet quickly yeah. and so there's accountability too there mm-hmm. which will be good and i'm not saying these companies would ever do anything bad but it's like it's kind of hard to get away with things well you would hope you would hope <laughs> you would hope with the transparency there is naturally with the internet right so all right well it's interesting and we'll have to definitely keep track of what's going on totally here, and we will yeah. keep you guys in the loop as we find out more details um i know wes wanted to kind of talk about a roaster that he was able to taste and kind of jumping ship off of that topic that was a total uh shift change right there that's okay because we are trying to tackle coffee news today and in your personal news you have some delicious <laughs> roasted coffee so and you're drinking it and i'm drinking wine because i have to be up at 5 30 in the morning which actually goes into our topic after that but <laughs> let's right. go ahead and talk about well i would just like to give um a big props out to Goshen Coffee Roasters. Um, you know, I've I've kind of been a secret admirer of Goshen for about a year now. I've kind of seen their uh, secret stash, their special line. That's kind of creepy, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it sounds creepy. I've been an admirer, and I finally um, I took the plunge, and I uh, I bought a bag or two, and um, Argus. Uh, the the roaster there, roaster owner, buyer, everything. He's like the head honcho. That's wild, yeah. He threw in a couple extra bags for me, and uh, it's been it's been super fun getting to uh, to brew them and to cup them. And I've actually been communicating with him a little bit about the coffees. But essentially, I've I was looking for um, a roaster to really kind of blow me away because uh, lately it's just been hard. It's right. been hard finding a good roaster. So Goshen did it. Um, they've got a Honduras right now. It's a it's a thirteen four. I mean, I'm sorry. Forgive me. It's a fourteen fifteen. Crop. No forgiveness. So, I mean, Hondo, it's great. Uh, they've got some Ethiopians from the Gideo zone, which are stellar. Um, Argus has really kind of developed his roasting profile in a very unique way. Um, working in in quality control and with a sample roaster, I have very little control over uh, roast development and roast profiling. Uh, the difference being whether you're you're developing or cooking the bean on the inside uh, and profiling being uh, whether you're kind of, you're scorching it on the outside. Right. So what Argus does, which I just, I'm super um, impressed with, is he's getting a fully developed bean while leaving the outside um, very, very light. Interesting. Uh, to my eye, I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is under roasted, but I mean, every single roast, it's been just mind-blowing that's really interesting not under roasted completely developed but um very light profile as well it must be a slow roast like i i oh, yeah. okay we don't really have time to talk about that but that is an interesting point that's an inter- interesting topic so if you if you've had goshen before uh you know what's up if you haven't tried goshen do it argus is a rock star he's killing it right now um but moving on to uh, oh, our, and and just mention we're gonna put we'll put a link in for him. Um, yeah, 
and for that roaster in, in the description in the podcast. But yeah, on sure. to the next. Uh, this is definitely a touchy, touchy, touchy <laughs> topic. Oh, man. Death before decaf. If you're not wearing your seatbelt, put it on. <laughs> Get in your car and put it on. Decaf. Decaf coffee. Um, an article that Wes presented to me. Um, was it titled Death Before Decaf? No, it was not. No. Okay. It was... Um, Sorry, I read it the was, article. Uh, I never read the title. Yeah, I just I kind of threw up the topic name. It's it's basically an article um, found on Daily Coffee News uh, in defense of decaf. This- no, it's not really in defense. So right now there is a uh, Swiss water decaf pop up bar in NYC, and all weekend long they are brewing up decaffeinated coffee with their Swiss water prep. And I mean, they're actually doing it legit. So they've got. Wait, wait, uh, wait. Pause. What is Swiss water prep? So it's a decaffeinated coffee uh, using natural um, methods. So no chemicals. That so there are of. a few ways to decaffeinate coffee, um, two of which are chemically decaffeinated. There's MC, methylene chloride, and there's EA, uh, ethyl acetate. And both of these decaffeination processes contain trace amounts of carcinogens uh, in the bean. But Swiss water is decaffeinating coffee using natural water and green coffee extract to uh, extract the caffeine from the coffee while still maintaining a natural coffee. So essentially, if you're a green coffee buyer, um, you buy this coffee organic and you want to decaffeinate it for your, your shop. If you get it MC or EA, methylene chloride or ethylene acetate, and you run it through there, your coffee is no longer organic. Right. Because it has been in contact with chemicals. So the right. perk of Swiss is, yeah, I mean, you're getting it naturally, but two, you can keep your certification. You can you can have an organic coffee to start with. That's decaffeinated. And you, can, and you decaffeinate it naturally, and you still have an organic decaf uh, when it comes out. Cool. Now, let's dig into some of the things that the article said, because there are definitely things that are exciting about a, a naturally well, processed Well, yeah, but let's, let's set it up, man. I mean, so, Set it up. So the setup that these guys have, they've got um, either two or three Chemexes, right? Um, and they've got uh, an espresso machine. So what they're doing is they're preparing... It's a La Marzocco Strada. Exactly. And yeah. do you know what grinder they're using? No, I don't think it mentioned it in the It looks like a dating, though. Oh, I didn't look at the picture. I'm not a picture reader. Anyways, I mean, it's, it's a total pop-up bar, but they're serving Swiss water, uh, decaf coffee, and it, this is a um, strictly, uh, I think it's like a marketing thing. It's uh, sure, free sure coffee. It yeah, anything free so you're is not marketing. you're not paying for the coffee. You walk up, and they'll serve it to you, um, and they're just trying to get their name out there. They're trying to get their branding out there, and they want people to try their product and talk about their product because there is a a huge uh stigmatism i would call it in the coffee industry and that is the death before decaf right and that and the article kind of touches on that uh in a good way um because uh there has to be a way that you can enjoy uh coffee without staying up all night for now since jesse <laughs> I'm drinking wine tonight, a, P- a Pinot Noir, because it's my favorite. <laughs> right. Um, but, but here, okay, we're getting into interesting territory here. Does taking the caffeine out of coffee 
change the experience of coffee. And who's really to say what an experience should be like, but coffee is is considered a drug. Right. So if you take the caffeine out, which is why it's considered a drug, it's no longer a drug and therefore is it still really coffee? I mean, you get into some really, really no, interesting No, I mean, it territory. is coffee. It is coffee. Um, because the people who go to decaf, um, people who don't like caffeine, the only reason they're drinking coffee is for the flavor, for the aromatics. And that's what they kind of touched base on the article, which I thought was kind of a cool perspective, um, was the fact that the the crutch seekers, so to speak, the uh, caffeine junkies. I mean, they're drinking coffee to get their fix. Where decaf drinkers, they drink their coffee because they like the they taste like of the, right, right, and, that's, and, they, and they don't need the caffeine. And that's honestly, it's the closest they're gonna get to ta- to being able to drink coffee. So I I completely like I feel for that. I have a heart for that totally. But here's the thing: there's definitely some marketing things going on because, and I quote. They, I mean, they say here, and I quote, The resulting cup is often completely indistinguishable, even by top-tier industry professionals, from an untreated cup of the same coffee roasted and served equivalently. End quote. Tongue twister. Yeah, um, no, I had a hard time. But you've cupped. Yeah, um, so I've before. actually been a part of the decaffeination process, but not, I mean, I'm not decaffeinating coffee. Uh, so I'll take um, a green coffee, let's say an organic Mexican, and I will cup the ingoing green before it's decaffeinated. And then we send it off to Swiss water, and they'll decaffeinate it for us, and they'll send it back. Now, and we have cupped pre-shipments side by side, so we've got the same coffee that is uh, caffeinated, and, and then we had the decaffeinated sample or side by side, and... No, it's not the same cup. So not to say that I haven't had good Swiss water, because you have. I've I've had some some Swiss water that's you know really quite impressive, but I've also had some Swiss water decaf coffee that tastes like bath water. That tastes. I mean, thin. I, w- I would It has no flavor. It has no acidity. It has right. no body. It has no. I mean, it's just it's it's like it tastes like uh, warm water. <laughs> I mean, I'm notorious for drinking my bath water, so I, I can't really. Re- relate to that negative opinion but right <laughs> anyway the, there's definitely some marketing strategies going on here i mean it's obvious when you're reading an article and it's all positive and it's like it's not really all positive i mean we're trying to be neutral here i am all about people being able to drink decaffeinated coffee because they have some sort of you know uh, dude i'll admit health. sometimes i want a coffee at, at 10 at night right but, but okay <laughs> and here's where you get into another interesting territory and this is a whole another conversation but of like self-control yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean it's like which i lack yeah I <laughs> but lack it's like okay people unless you have like a condition like where it's legitimately health related and you wake up in the morning and you can't have caffeine because it messes you up and you want to taste coffee like i applaud what they're doing for that person but if you're up late and you're like Man, I just want to drink coffee. I mean, honestly, like, there's other things to drink, too. Coffee's not the end-all, be-all, although I love coffee, and it's, like, my favorite Dude, thing. Dude, it is my end-all, be-all. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, I, I mean, I love coffee. I really love it. Um, I would hope so. The point, the, <laughs> obviously, the point is there's some marketing things going on. Uh, we just discussed that the, the, they don't taste the same side by side, a decaf and a regular calf. Uh, okay, but we're, we're kind of breezing over the article. We're definitely not giving it um, full justice. Sure. And we'll, obvious, we'll link the article as well. We're not just. Gonna... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, uh, with decaffeination, 
if they can nail it, if they can get it right, you know, I admit I might become a decaf drinker um, at night because I don't I don't drink coffee for the caffeine. I drink it for the experience, for the flavor, for right. the aromatics, for the 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 the, hot, the warm ceramic mug in my hand mm-hmm. and the uh, uh, just just the sensory experience of coffee. I don't I don't get coffee. I don't drink coffee uh, for stimulation. Although I won't say that I haven't before, but I don't I don't go I don't reach for coffee um, as a way to stimulate myself in the morning for sure. Well, here here's a few questions that we should consider. One. Does waking up in the morning and drinking a co- cup of coffee every day cause some sort of thing in your head where if you start to brew decaf at night and you smell it, is it going to wake you up? Oh, I've never even, like a placebo Yeah, sort like of a placebo. Thing. Well, it might even be deeper than that. I mean, there's other things like, you know, hmm. uh, can they perfect it to taste like regular caffeinated coffee? What does it do to the, the crema? Like what happens with crema and decaf? You know what yeah. I mean? That I mean, changes the way things brew. Well, like the way it blooms, like the the CO two, okay. like these perhaps, things change. Perhaps, and you know we've mastered uh, the art, of, or we've we're trying to master the art of brewing coffee. Um, so with decaffeination, I mean it's just like a whole another uh, a whole another horse, I it, guess. You got to learn how you got to learn how to ride decaf, it's a whole nother, man. Whole another animal, totally. Which I mean, I, I wish I was an NYC. Um, you know, haters gonna hate, but I would definitely be in that line to try some Swiss water. Me too. Decaffeinated coffee. Definitely. I wish I was there. Well, that wraps it up for the sixth episode of the Coffee Podcast. Tune in with us next week for another episode. Happy brewing.